Welcome back to the Nomi Podcast. Hey there, Nomi listeners. This is Cynthia, your licensed mental health counselor. And I'm Madeline, a CTI coach. Welcome back to another hopefully enlightening episode of the Nomi Podcast. We've got one of the most common challenges our clients bring to the table today. We often find ourselves at life's crossroads, right? Torn between living in the moment and setting our sights on the horizon. It's a dilemma most of us grapple with. And in today's episode, we're shining a light on that very tension. And instead of choosing one over the other, today we're advocating for the powerful concept of and. We'll explore how embracing life's complexities, both present moments and future plans, can guide us towards a life brimming with purpose and alignment. And the beauty is this alignment isn't just about forecasting the future. It's about being so rooted on our values, in our essence, that every step we take today influences a tomorrow that resonates with what truly matters to us. Couldn't have said it better. We promise by the end of the episode, you'll walk away with a fresh perspective on balancing the now with the next. So pull up a comfy chair or pop in those earbuds and come explore with us. Let's journey into the heart of self-awareness and inner knowing together. Get ready. The topic that I am bringing to the table today is something that comes up all the time in client sessions and it's very pressing for me right now in life, which is planning for the future while being present in the present, this binary Mm. between the two. Yeah. That's a juicy one, isn't it? It is. And it comes up a lot. Different Mm -hmm. stages of my life, it's looked really different for me. Mm -hmm. And yet I always come back to this theme, especially in times of particular pressure and chaos. Absolutely. And it's so important, this subject of how do we stay in the current moment? Because the current moment is all we have. And really be so comfortable in it because that's where all the creativity is. That's where all the decision-making needs needs to happen. That's where all of the planning needs to happen. But if we are so compromised by either being in the past or being way out in the future, I don't know about you, but I get very overwhelmed and then end up doing the exact opposite of what I want to do, which is be productive, be creative and all the things I just mentioned, right? It's a really painful place to be. You were talking about how you often get there when you're feeling overwhelmed overwhelmed. And I often get to this place when there's so much ambiguity about the future, so much uncertainty, Mm -hmm. or I'm not clearly Mm -hmm. defining enough of what I want, or even I know what I want, but I don't know the texture of it or the detail of it. And because I feel there's that lack of clarity, there's this huge space for ambiguity and uncertainty. And then it's exhausting because I'm like, I need to know XYZ is going to pan out or not pan out so that I can be present now. And until I have that, I can't have presence today. And so I'm either completely lost in the future up in the clouds, or I completely revert to meticulously going through every decision and being so granularly present that it really shifts to being in the weeds. I I really like that. And what's coming to mind is I was just listening to uh, TikTok and the woman was saying, to paraphrase, the universe gives us two answers. And so I'm like, I know, 
yes or no? <laughs> and she said, no, the universe gives us two answers. Yes and not now. Mm, interesting. Right? So what resonated about that video with you? What really resonated for me was I, of course, jumped to, oh, it's probably going to be a no. Yeah. And so I better move at rapid warp speed to the future to figure out how to make it a yes. And when you're talking about the unknown, what if we believed that it wasn't a yes or a no in the present moment about the future? It was a yes or not now so that we can just hang in the present moment and have these ideas about what we would like the future to look like, but we don't have to step into the fear or step into the weeds where we're like, oh my gosh, I think I just got to know. So I better pivot really quickly and I better figure that out and know that and know that. When we talk about knowing things and ambiguity and uncertainty, mm, right? Yeah. What comes up for me is this idea of holding things lightly. So so we've talked about mm -hmm. several episodes before the concept of understanding your expectations and a desired outcome or something that you want and then trying mm -hmm. to detach from that. And to me, mm -hmm. that's similar to holding things lightly. Mm -hmm. and, and these words come up a lot, being unattached. And it sounds really difficult. Mm -hmm. But when I think of holding something lightly, it's like when a butterfly lands in your hand. If you mm -hmm. close it, you're going to suffocate it. And mm -hmm. if you keep it open, it might choose to stay. A friend might come join it. And then all of a sudden you have two butterflies, it might fly away in a direction that draws your attention to something beautiful. Like you really mm -hmm. don't know what's going to happen, but it's being on the edge of possibility and opportunity rather than feeling constantly like I'm living on the edge of risk. It's the same thing. It's the same view, just a different perspective to say this ambiguity is what keeps me open to opportunity versus this ambiguity is what keeps me at risk. It keeps me, it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. And once again, you're highlighting the choice, right? The conscious choice of choosing the perspective of opportunity rather than risk, because maybe that butterfly, Mm -hmm. that landed in your hand, just not now is going to linger for a while. And so that doesn't mean that, oh my gosh, this idea or this plan or this whatever is dead in the water. It just means just not now. I like the concept of holding things lightly because a lot of times what I say to myself, and so therefore I share it with my clients, is Cynthia, why are you hanging? Why are you white knuckling that? Why are you hanging on to whatever so tightly? And the reason is is, is because I'm afraid. It's not until we invite ourselves to, yes, look at the thing we're afraid of, letting go of, mm -hmm. and looking at a possibility because maybe I can loosen my grip. Maybe I can hold the fear a little looser so it allows at least one of my hands to go over and hold the opportunity. Yes. I love the emphasis on the word and. And I love mm -hmm. the concept of reaching toward something else, right? To increase complexity, honestly. And this is one of the real mm -hmm. answers in this situation is when we look at this binary planning for the future versus living in the mm -hmm. present, the inclination is not necessarily to increase complexity. You've already got two things. Why would you add anything else in that makes it even more complex and chaotic? Mm -hmm. Increasing the complexity allows us to 
break beyond the paradox, right? Get beyond the binary. Make it not versus, but and. Planning for the future mm -hmm. and being present in the now. I want a house and I want a high paying job and I want lots of vacations and I want to be home and I want to spend a lot of time with my kids and I want to live a quiet life and I want to live in a city and I really love nature. And it, it's, well, wait a minute, you've added so many ands there and so much complexity there. How do all of those fit in the same sentence? How do you know which one to prioritize? Mm, Which brings right. in a whole other set of questions. So when I when you were talking, I was like, you know what? We get told sometimes that we can have it all, right? Yeah. And the reality is, we can have it all, perhaps, just not right now. <laughs> I know this right? really hit home for you, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just having this conversation actually with my my myself over the weekend where I was, I was in one of my creative bursts and I was doing that to myself. I was like, and I want to do this and I want to do this. And, and then I was allowing myself to get not really overwhelmed, but just a little sad that I wasn't going to be able to do all these wonderful things, the, all these ands at once. And so I slowed my role. And I did what exactly what you're talking about is I said, okay, just prioritize because whatever is left at the end of say the day or the weekend, right, is just going to be something for not now, just later. And so I like prioritizing, not so we can eliminate, but just so that we can feel a little more centered and a little more hopeful yeah. about at least we're going to get those things that we really wanted. And prioritization is such a funny word. I think we've talked about this before, but the concept of having more than one priority is in and of itself ridiculous. A priority Correct. is a priority. There's one. <laughs> right. But for the all intents and purposes, prioritization, we usually think of it as a few things. The reason why I've allowed myself to think beyond that it should only be one thing is because prioritizing for me is about alignment. When I'm mm. choosing that something is a priority or is important, important and urgent, <laughs> it usually mm -hmm. stems back, I hope it always stems back, to my source of alignment, to how I want to be showing up in the world. And what that might look like is, for example, at this one point in my life, I've got a lot going on administratively, actually, not even like challenging relationships or anything, just literally mm. a lot of admin of life happening at the same time. And so there's a lot of urgency around the tasks that are going on in my life. So when I look at my priorities and I look at the reality of my to-do list, pretty much everything ticks the urgent box. Then I need to think about what is the most important from my core sense of self, from my purpose, from my values, also what's a little bit low-hanging fruit and what I can use my strengths for. And from this place, I can decide where there might be a little bit of lack. So for example, right now I'm feeling so close to the edge of my life that I really want to invite in more spaciousness. And so if there is something on my to-do list that's all urgent, I'm not saying it's not all urgent, that would help invite more spaciousness into my life because I know that's something that's going to help me rally forth, then I'm going to prioritize that versus if there's something that would help me to tap into my kindness and my creativity, which energizes me so that I have a little more stamina to get through the rest of my list. 
I might bump that to the top of my list. And I can wake up every day. I can even do this every hour if I wanted to, depending on how quickly I burn through tasks. Every time I knock something off, I can ask myself these questions again. What do I feel a little bit of lack in right now? What do I want to invite in? Is there an opportunity among the things that I need to do that I could bring that to the table, that I could invite that in, that I could create that for myself? And that is where prioritization can help to energize us and keep us aligned so that planning for the future, holding those goals lightly seems exciting rather than daunting because we have all of this energy to be able to contribute to building a life we want for ourselves. I really appreciated that example, right? Because What you're talking about as well is, once again, inviting the in the weeds to be in relation to a different perspective or the short game and the long game by getting out of the weeds, which was your to-do list. I got to do this and I got to do this and I have a lot of things and they're all urgent. And in inviting in the concept of spaciousness. That spaciousness has a place also on my list. And so how can I prioritize or break down or manage Mm -hmm. or whatever, right, with this concept of marrying spaciousness and all of those tasks? Yes. Yeah. And what you were saying here just reminded me of something, which is, This is why it is so powerful to live our lives and speak our languages in terms of values and in terms of Mm -hmm. purpose, because Mm -hmm. purpose and values transcend time and they transcend Mm -hmm. paradoxes. So when you're talking about planning for the future versus being present in the now, I hope to be kind then and kind now. I hope to be spacious then and spacious now. Because when we talk about, Mm -hmm. yes, our values can change, of course, but the values as a concept doesn't change. So if we Mm -hmm. are constantly working toward that alignment, redefining and refining our purpose and aligning to that, then it doesn't, this is the holding it lightly. It doesn't really matter what the future is going to look like in terms of our doing, Mm -hmm. because we know Mm -hmm. it's going to be joyful. It's going to be meaningful. It's going Mm -hmm. to be purposeful Mm -hmm. by definition. Mm -hmm. And so that lightness Mm -hmm. can also come to cling to the constant. When someone throws or life throws ambiguity and complexity at you, cling to what you define, which what better to define than your own purpose and values, right? Like I can't Mm -hmm. anticipate that something crazy is not going to happen. Like the car is not going to break down but I can 100% Mm -hmm. control my capacity to inviting kindness. And there are other things I do to make sure that I can access my kindness more readily. Aligning with this concept helps us to hold things lightly and to have faith in what we can control rather than fixating on clarifying constantly what we can't control. Of course, you're speaking the know me language, right? And this is what we cover a lot in great depth in the fundamentals workshops that we run. And basically it is about aligning or putting an and between our doing and our being, Mm. right? And that and resides in values and strengths, doesn't it? That the goal is to flow seamlessly between the being and the doing because that's where the alignment of our true self is. I was talking to your sister, my one of my other daughters, and she had a big presentation that she was giving today. 
And she said, Mom, do you have any wisdom or any kind of insight as far as what I should bring into the meeting? Because my mind is going to a place that the outcome might be that I walk into that meeting and it's not about a conversation. It's not about collaboration, that maybe there's some people in this meeting that have some preconceived outcomes in mind. And so how do I not let my fear or my emotions lead the conversation? And so what I said to her was, you know what you want to do for the presentation? You know, you want to show slide one and talk about slide two. And so you've got the doing of the presentation down pat. Be really clear on what part of you you want to bring to the presentation. Do you want to bring your confident, discerning self to this? Because that's unflappable. No matter what the reaction is that we get from the world or what the result we get, if we know that we brought a part of ourselves, it just makes all the difference. And, oh my God, this is going to be a whole thing the whole time. And if we are showing up every day in every action to the best of our ability in a values-aligned way, our futures are just an accumulation of our present moments, right? So when we talk mm-hmm. about being present today, being present in what, right? When we talk about being present mm-hmm. in the moment, like, What does that actually mean? It is the drawing of the being. It's the drawing of the essence of the situation. Like when I'm having a cup of coffee with my friends, presence, yeah, it means keeping my phone on the table and not picking it up or in my pocket Mm -hmm. or better at home. Mm -hmm. And it's about drawing the essence of the connection out of that and how much I value that person's wisdom and their laughter and whatever it is that they bring about in our experiences together. And when we think of present moments that add up toward the future, then the way we act now is what will unfold and open opportunities to us. And when I go back to things like money, which is where a lot of the tension comes from in this little dynamic of Mm. future versus present, if instead of thinking of money as something that enables you to access things or not access things, because a lot of what we actually need is just inside of us and money can help us to access some stuff, but it's a tool, not a Mm. value. But if we see Mm -hmm. money as something that we spend and invest in values-driven things and experiences and whatever, then our present investments will usually lead us toward a path of future values-aligned opportunities. So if I look at a vacation not as a thing I have to spend money on, but as a, as a source of creativity and excitement and adventure and connection and all of these things. And I spend that whole time that I'm on that vacation drawing into those values and then take those back into my everyday life. Chances are I'm going to keep creating more opportunities to be in touch with those values. And then money has very little to do with it because I'm making more and more choices every day that align me with the abundance of the values and things that I want in my life. And so when we Mm -hmm. focus on who we want to be, what parts of ourselves we're inviting, how we're going to draw the being out of our everyday experiences, that accumulation over time builds an absolutely unshakable foundation toward an aligned future. It's really the, Mm -hmm. the rockiness of aligned futures comes down to when we are fickle and constantly making unaligned decisions, aligned decisions, unaligned decisions in a very 
unconscious way, right? Because we all live aligned mm-hmm. and unaligned at any given time. It's about making it mm-hmm. conscious and correcting course and mm-hmm. learning and growing and growing toward a future that is designed in a way that's actually going to make us joyful. Yeah, it's combining, right, the reality that you're living in with a potential reality in the future. That makes sense. When we're talking about money, because I agree with you, financial resources are sometimes a real concern. Budget wise, that's right the doing budgeting mm-hmm. and the wisely is the being and look for ways that you can appropriately in your reality allocate money between immediate needs and long-term investments mm. even if it's a dime and swap money out with any other resource right we talk about allocating Absolutely. our resources constantly swap right. that out with energy right swap that out with time right, right? And we're never going to be able to 100% guarantee the doing, but there's Mm -hmm. a lot we can do to affect our being, which will influence Mm -hmm. the doing. So Mm -hmm. the being is the thing that's scalably in your control. The more Mm -hmm. time you spend adding to your being databank and calling on your being, the more it's going to influence your doing. And this is this is also another paradox, dreams versus reality. What? How do we do all of this wonderful stuff like purpose-led living and values-driven living when reality hits? Your being stays the same. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. that there aren't challenging emotions that are going to be invited to the picnic or not invited so much as they just storm it. They show up, right? Exactly. <laughs> and there are situations that we wouldn't choose to be in, of course. And... The more depth and richness we add to our being by exploring and showing up in different ways and reflecting and seeking to understand ourselves deeply, that richness leads to more resourcefulness in how we approach the doing of life and how we show up in our everyday interactions with people, experiences, things, etc. That is what creates limitless resources as well, in my opinion, is uh, that being Mm -hmm. bank allows us to make do and make joy with a lot more than if we're focused only on when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Like I'll be making lemonade Mm -hmm. whether or not life gives me lemons. I'll just find something else to make (laughs) make a source Mm -hmm. with. I think you get to a point, right, when we embrace these complexities, we know how to go find lemons because we really like lemonade. So it might start off with someone handing you a whole basket of lemons and you're like, shoot, what the heck am I going to do with all these lemons? But the more that we build our arsenal of uh, strategies, of awareness, of knowing, then we build this resilience of and these capabilities of being able to go find the lemons and make lemonade whenever you would like. Mm -hmm. It's true. It's true. We have so much power and we have so much choice. This word came up quite a few times in this episode around perspective Mm -hmm. and how we see things and how we hold things lightly or otherwise. So one of the things that I'm coming full circle with myself in this one present moment where I feel this tension is reminding myself that I get to choose what my perspective is about the future and I get to choose Mm -hmm. what my perspective is about the present. Mm -hmm. One perspective I'm choosing is they're not in competition with each other. 
They are mm. variants along the same line. They are progressive along the same path. They feed into each other and have a beautiful relationship. So my investing in my presence in the moment is my investing in the future. And my investing in the future is my investing in the present. That's one big belief mm -hmm. that I'm inviting in about it. The other is I choose to be excited about it all rather than mm -hmm. afraid, which happens quite a bit or staying in mm -hmm. fear too long because it comes up, stress about the future, fear about the future, all of these things come up frequently. But I get to choose how long I stay there and where I want to be mm -hmm. is in excitement. So if I feel myself in a place of fear, in a place of stress or overwhelm or like uncertainty and ambiguity, I know how that feels in my body and I try to consciously shift myself to excitement. What would make me feel excited about this thing that I'm nervous about? What would make me feel curious about this thing that I feel scared of? What would make me feel like this is an opportunity? How can I get to that perspective, whether it's physical, whether it's collecting a little more information, having a conversation, venting something out, but knowing the perspective I want to be in so that when I'm in the perspective I'd rather not stay in, I can get myself out of that place as, as quickly as possible, to be honest. Yeah. Once again, you're talking about this inner knowing. The more I spend really knowing myself and learning about myself. And it's a, and it's a lifelong journey. I say to people, I'll know everything I need to know uh, when I'm 10 feet under. <laughs> and still then you're going to be like, excuse me, Angel, right. I have yeah. a few questions for you. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Uh, probably. And so it is really important for us to embrace the learning and embrace the inner knowing. The other thing that comes to mind when you were sharing is this, and it deems repeating, which is fear always gets to the door first, always. And so we do need to be in conscious choice that, oh, there's fear knocking on the door. They always get to the door first. But I'm going to wait for opportunity to show up. I'm going to wait for excitement to show up. I'm going to wait for hope to show up before I open the door. I love that image as well. Fear can get a little anxious <laughs> about whether or not you're going to open the door before you do it. Uh -huh. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so we can recognize that. We can recognize that and still and. And. Right? And. <laughs> also recognize that opportunity or excitement or hope or whatever else we're uh, looking for will eventually get there mm, because yeah. we've invited them. We've made the conscious choice to invite them. So they might just be a little pokey, but they'll get there. Yeah. And I have to share a funny story about and. So Madeline's been talking about and for a really long time because that's how she wanted to build her life. And that's where she bumped into most of her joyful things is when she made that conscious choice time and time again. So she actually had it tattooed Woo! on her arm just to remind her. And I think that's so powerful and so lovely. But she shared this with my husband years ago. And Patrick, who has a huge sweet tooth, would be anywhere where there were some dessert options and, and say to the crowd or to whoever was with him, it's not about the or, it's about the and. So I'll have the chocolate cake and the ice cream mm -hmm. and 
the whipped cream Mm -hmm. and the cherry. Might not be the best strategy for a healthy eating, but it certainly is the best strategy for life. I love this example because I'm going to take it one step further, which is adding and to all of that, the cake and the ice cream and the whipped cream and the cherry. It doesn't mean you have to eat every last bite of it. It means Mm -hmm. that you're creating one perfect bite at minimum. And so this Mm -hmm. is the reality and the joy and wonder of creating and leaning into complexity with and is that Mm -hmm. it's richer. It makes everything Mm -hmm. richer. Yes, there's Mm -hmm. fear and there's joy and there's excitement and there's anticipation and there's sadness and there's anything. I value spaciousness and freedom and Mm -hmm. structure and The more Mm -hmm. we add complexity, the more we are genuinely contributing to the richness of the human experience. And that flexibility Mm -hmm. is what makes joy bend with us, is what makes purpose Mm -hmm. bend with us. Because if we Mm -hmm. only have the cake, yes, the cake could be glorious, but imagine Mm -hmm. it with all the perfect toppings for one perfect Mm -hmm. bite. And so it's Mm -hmm. for me, it's this giant curious experiment of how to create the most perfect bite possible in the funnest Mm -hmm. way ever. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a way to just enjoy the journey, this journey of our lives. And on that note, even though we could probably end on that quote, hashtag Cynthia Original, let us end on another quote that you have prepared. Yeah. So it's about, uh, it's from Albert Einstein. Life is like riding a bicycle. To keep your balance, you must keep moving. I just love it. Well, if this conversation inspired you as much as it inspired me, we would love to invite you to Know Me Fundamentals, where we deep dive into this kind of stuff and even more. We talk about roles and expectations and the doing and being of life, self-acceptance, self-love, and more. And we do so in an encouraging, non-judgmental community of people. It's all live, although it's virtual, so you can access it from anywhere you are in the world. And there are several dates that you can choose from, which you can find on our website at knowme.coach forward slash fundamentals or in the show notes. We would love to see you there, get to know you better. Uh, It's six sessions total, four of which are definitely with us and two of which you can choose from our wealth of practitioners, which is across therapy, coaching, spiritual guidance, etc. Our mission in life is just to help you get to know you better. And have fun. And that's the end of the show. Have a great day. Thanks for sticking with us. And until next time, be well. That brings us to the end of this episode. We hope our conversation provides some insight and practical ways to navigate and understand you. If you have found our show to be helpful, please pass it along. Madeline and I are hoping you will join us in creating a ripple effect of mental health and well-being. As always, thanks for listening to the Nomi Podcast. This is Cynthia and Madeline asking you to be good to you.